Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. We have, not only do we have basketball to discuss, but we have times. We have tip-off times. We have channels. We have all sorts of stuff for the games kicking off next week. Three games in five days. <laughs> Try not to eat too much turkey. You don't need all the tryptophan. There's going to be a lot of good basketball. How are you doing, man? Um, Health-wise, I've been better. Uh, I don't know if we talked about this last time or not. So I found out uh, a week ago Thursday. So I guess this Thursday would be two weeks that... Uh, we had a close exposure with a family member who was positive oh. for the virus. Um, we all went and got tested on Friday. Samantha and I had rapid tests and they were negative. Uh, our son went to the urgent care and his results came back a couple of days later as negative. But the, um, the health clinic for, for employees at the hospital said, you know what? the day you got tested for rapid may have been a little too soon for your exposure. So we want you to go back and (laughs) get tested again. So I got tested, um, Monday yesterday. Uh, and I should have the results, uh, Wednesday. Um, now according to my symptoms and my timeline, I'm probably positive. Oh man. But crazy. This is news (laughs) to me news yeah um we're all learning this together 23 personnel nation (laughs) yeah because when when you know i had another friend text and said you know he was exposed and i i I spent some time with him i was like well shoot i mean i I guess by extension you know i could have been exposed and uh, it was a lot lower risk than what i found out you know just a little bit later that, that we had spent several hours with this family member at dinner on sunday um but yeah it turns out just long enough i've got something oh man well hang in there bud you, you got the you got fever and whatnot going with it or off and you, on yeah and, and what's strange is like you know i what was okay so, so monday night i felt like garbage like straight i was like i was like whoa this is the worst it's been this morning i woke up feeling much better and i didn't get a whole lot much sleep last night not not illness related at all it was baby related actually um, and actually caught some weird movies on TV, which I think we're talking about later. We're talking about there you go movies yeah. that uh, everybody thinks is, is great and it encourages you or recommends you to watch. And you watch it like, man, what did I just watch? Like, what, what, 
what did I just subject myself to? Anyways, um, like I said, today I felt a lot better, but then I, I was texting a coworker who did have it. I was like, yeah, that, I, I was, I was like me. Like it was one day it was like really terrible. I was like, I'm not getting off the couch or out of bed. The next day I felt fine. Uh, and then I'd spike 102 fevers. Like, oh, great. So it's like up and down, up and down. And I haven't officially tested positive. Samantha's other members of Samantha's family have, um, from this exposure, like I said, we were all there together at, at, at this one house on Sunday night. So, um, it's plausible that we all picked it up or at least some version of it. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, I've heard that it's, that's for most people, three days, you're expecting three days where you're really not going to feel good. I mean, you're not going to feel great immediately after that either, but it seems like the worst is over after two or three days from the people that I know that have had it. Well, yeah, like I said, I'm, um, 10 days or nine or 10 days post exposure at this point. And I think, uh, from somebody else, he said like day eight and nine for him weren't really bad. I was like, that tracks. (laughs) (laughs) Seems about right. (laughs) It's about what I experienced, but, uh, Oh man, we'll see. Um, well, hang in there, buddy. Uh, I mean, we're good. We're we're, just, we're we're hanging out. We're doing all right. the The baby seems to be fine. He he gets a a real slight fever every now and then, but like, doesn't ever seem to face him, which is a concern. You know, <laughs> an eight week old baby with COVID is not really something you want yeah, to do. Definite concern. Yes. Um, the six year old tested positive. Or sorry, negative. He was negative. Uh, the wife was negative. So. I may have gotten the worst of it somehow. I don't know, but I'm here. We're still trucking along. I have a podcast to do, man. I know you're pushing through. What a, you're powering through. Powering is, is through. A better word. So yeah, like you, like Michael said, we we've got to talk uh, about some basketball. Uh, the draft is Wednesday night, the 18th. The schedule starts the following week. Um. Yeah, we've got games Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday of Thanksgiving week. And then some football notes to to touch on. I want to look at a couple key plays from the Baylor game that we may have touched on in, in the instant reaction, but uh, on, on second review or review of the game, these four all together, uh, without them, you probably don't win this game look at the roster injury updates and then a look around the big 12. Um, for up to date goings ons, discussions, topics of the 23 personnel podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at 23 personnel. You can follow me Spencer at punts suck or Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Also find us on Instagram at 23 personnel podcast can also pick up 23 personnel merch t-shirts and hoodies we are getting i mean mornings are definitely hoodie season here in <laughs> lubbock yeah it's it's back and forth <laughs> uh i mean it's like 30 you know upper 30s low 40s in the morning uh getting up in the high 60s and 70s in the afternoon these are great days but it's not a not a hoodie all day type of weather not quite there but we have the hoodies for you. Check them out. Teespring.com slash stores slash 23 personal podcast. Um, 
we will be getting back to the Rob Rowe College Tailgate Show <laughs> at some point. There was a uh, there was a virus break last week for uh, quarantining and isolation, that kind of stuff. And then with the bye week, I think we're we're just going to take another uh, week to be safe and careful about all of that, uh, and then maybe back Thanksgiving weekend. We'll see. There's a chance. There's, There's a, chance. a chance. We'll have to see what the uh, what the powers that be at the station are are going to be willing us to do. Yeah, because Texas Tech at that point. We'll- That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We'll have a game that day, that Saturday versus Oklahoma State, and then the following Saturday versus Kansas. Uh, and also many more games around the country for the next few weeks. I mean, it looks like the SEC and the Big Ten, Pac-12 are all going to be rolling through December 19th. They're going to go as late as they can. They've had so many games canceled um, or postponed or rescheduled, all that kind of stuff. So they're going to push as far as they can. So what do you talk about even into the middle of uh, December? But anyways, before we do any more in-depth on basketball, Michael, yes, I bet you didn't know this. The wait. I have a feeling I did. (laughs) The wait is over. Oh, what? The wait is finally over, guys. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. All right, let's. Uh, you ready to talk about some basketball? Yes, sir. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. Down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Good! Colbert got the 
separation. Oh, big shot. Woo! Step it up big time. Dagger. Over on the dish. Odiasse. And one. He can tie it at the line. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club. And they hail from Lubbock, Texas. All right. So this morning, our main Seth, our man Seth, Indicated, showed us that the Ken Palm rankings, projections, ratings have been updated and your Texas Tech Red Raiders come in at number six in the country. The 2021 Pomeroy College Basketball ratings, you've got three Big 12 teams in the top six, five in the top 10. Yeah, I mean, the Big 12, everything we're seeing voters analysis all sorts of different places the big 12 is unsurprising to us who pay attention to it is going to be a pretty tough conference this year with a lot of good teams yeah uh, top to bottom pretty much or you know at least the top half yeah according to ken pomeroy baylor is his number one team in the country um gonzaga at two duke three villanova four kansas at five texas tech at six Wisconsin, West Virginia at eight, Texas at nine, Ohio State at 10. Other Big 12 teams or teams that are on your schedule. Houston comes in at 21, which you'll face them. Oh, what is that? Game two? <laughs> game three? Mm. I've got the schedule pulled up. Yeah, game three. So you get them pretty early on in the season. Oklahoma at 33, Oklahoma State 35. LSU, if your Big 12 SEC matchup holds up, they come in at 37. Let's see, who else? TCU, 53. Iowa State, 67. St. John's, 71. Yeah, and, and just, just the, the list, sorry. The main, uh, the main, Let's see, unit of measure that that Ken Palm has come up with on this is the adjusted efficiency margin. And just to show how close these teams were, you know, Baylor has an adjusted efficiency of 26.68, and the number 10 Ohio State has an adjusted efficiency of 21.84. The main thing I wanted to illustrate here was how close Kansas at five and Tech was at six. Kansas is sitting at 24.37. Tech is at 23.69. It's even closer between Texas Tech at six and Wisconsin at seven, where Texas Tech is 23.69, Wisconsin's 23.59. And we like to look at preseason stuff. Yeah. And so we like to look at preseason stuff because that's that's all we can do at the moment. But, but man, it's, it's great to see Tech getting recognized this early, and hopefully they can keep it up and, um, you know, stay in this conversation throughout the entire season. Yeah. Um, we've, we've talked about it several times before just getting close to basketball season. You're just like more excited, more, one of the more, more anticipated starts to a big, uh, basketball season around here in quite some time. Um, there is a virtual tip off event tomorrow at Wednesday, s- Wednesday, sorry, was it Wednesday, November 18th at 7 PM. You can find it on Facebook, TTU Athletics, and Twitter. 
Um, it's kind of everywhere. It's on YouTube. Yeah. It's on ESPN plus slash big 12. Now. I mean, it's, if you can f- somehow stream something, you should be able to watch it. And I'm not sure what all it'll be, but I'm going to try to watch as much of it as I can and just see if we can get a glimpse of, of this team and, and, and coach beard. And I don't know if, if anyone else has seen this, but at least locally coach beard has a massage chair commercial. <laughs> I've not and seen I, it. You haven't seen it. I've, I think I'm the only one within my group who has seen it. So it's, it's nice of him to, I, I I'm unsure. I'm unsure what the motivation is there. I don't know if he knows this store that sells massage chairs or if he bought one and just thought, I gotta do you guys a solid. I've got to. I'll film a commercial. Whatever you need, this chair is fantastic. So th- there's no telling. But anyway, maybe we'll get to see that. So you might keep your eyes peeled for that uh, if there's any commercial breaks or anything. I've also I, I have seen him do uh, a little cameo on a roofing commercial. Oh, I haven't seen that. Where he's like um, I wouldn't quite call it like a testimonial, but he's a uh, like the the celebrity voice at the end. He comes on and gives his, uh, his backing recommendation for this roofing company. Also happening on Wednesday, the 18th, the NBA draft, our man, Jemias Ramsey, ooh, wild in terms of his, uh, his mock drafts. And I've heard, I, I've heard lots of things. One, just in general for the talent coming out in this draft, there isn't like a, a consensus number one pick. Um, there's a bunch of people that disagree on this. And what, what that says to me though, is in terms of the NBA teams, a lot of teams are going to get their, their number one guy. Um, they're not having to say, okay, we all want Zion. Okay. He's, he's going to be gone. Who do we want next? No, no. I think a lot of people are going to say, well, yeah, it could be LaMelo, but I really wanted this other guy. I don't have, I don't have the, the guy's memory names on top of my head right now. Memory's not working so great these past few days, but, uh, yeah, it just seems like there are a lot of guys, a lot of teams are going to get their, their, their first pick, uh, in terms of, you know, on their draft board, their number one guy is going to be there when, when they draft just because of the, the talent there in terms of Jemias Ramsey, uh, I've seen anywhere from 20th at Miami all the way down to 44th in the second round, the 14th pick in the second round to the bulls. Um, I think a lot of people see him as, as a a pretty skilled shooter and scorer, but needs some, some finesse and some progress on the defensive side, which is not something you would expect from a player coming out of Texas tech under Chris Beard and Mark Adams. But that was, I think his one knock while he was here is that he was not super interested in playing defense. Um, if he does end up going in the first round, I think we mentioned this last time, he will be the third consecutive Red Raider to go in the first round, joining Zaire Smith and Jared Culver as former Red Raider first round draft picks. Other, um, sorry, the, the, the other one I saw uh, was that he'd be going 24th to the Bucks, which... And that's an interesting one because that may involve a trade, right? Could be, yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of trades going on right now. Anyways, to, to move around uh, and figure out what you want. There was a big trade the other day. I guess it was Monday uh, with the Pelicans. I know there's a lot of teams are trying to figure out if they want um, 
you know, if, if they're, if they're, if they do want to go after Giannis or, um, if they want Devin Booker from the Suns or if they want Chris Paul and all that kind of stuff. So there's so, so trying to figure that out last minute juggling of the draft picks. So that could definitely change where he ends up. But like I said, anywhere from the 20th to the 44th. Yeah. So Wednesday, lots, lots of uh, kind of adjacent Texas Tech basketball action with without actual Tech basketball, there will at least be that virtual event and then possibly another first round draft pick that I'm not super confident on that based on some of the write-ups I've seen that uh, they're pretty critical of Ramsey. Um, I think his free throw shooting was brought up as well, along with not quite being able to finish at the rim as much as, as people would like whoever's evaluating mm-hmm. NBA draft picks would like so that I, I would not be surprised to see him fall into the second round, but who knows it may surprise everybody. And, and uh, there may be somebody who's just itching at the chance to get him on their team. Um, so I, I want to look at some of the other uh, big 12 talent that tech fans would be familiar with kind of look at where they're projected to go. Uh, number sixth overall, a lottery pick, Tyrese Halliburton, guard from Iowa State. He ended his his uh, his career. I don't know if you, you call it on a high note, but um, he was performing as well as he had all season when he injured his wrist. So you didn't see any kind of drop off in production. He missed the last little bit of the regular season with that injury. Um, Another guy that like actually surprised me when I was, I was looking through this I was looking for, um, Jemias was, um, I'm blanking on his name. Desmond Bain from TCU also picked as a first round draft pick. Uh, according to CBS and their mock draft, they have him going 27th overall. I've heard people say because of his, his shooting ability, he could be um, as high as a lottery pick. Um, dude could go anywhere. Um, in terms of Mavericks, I've seen Tyrese Maxey, the guard from Kentucky who you saw in Lubbock this past year, um, or that international player, uh, Alexi, and I, I'm not even trying to pronounce his last name, but the guy I heard him like actually refer to him as, so he's seven foot, 205 pounds. He's like, he's essentially a seven foot guard. Um, Oh man. He's a, he's he's kind of like Kevin Durant or something. Yeah. He's, uh, he's got the, the height and length, but not the weight to be a five. Um, I also heard he's, he's, he's very much a project because of that weight. And it would be a two to three year down the road, uh, type thing with him. Um, man, he could have just used a couple years in Lubbock. He'd have been fine. Could have under, uh, Oh, what's his name? I'm blanking on the coach screen. Riley, coach Riley, John Riley. Yes. Um, I'm trying to remember if any of the other names are familiar enough to even bring him up. I know RJ Hampton was a big deal uh, when he decided to go international. Uh, he's projected to go a few 
picks ahead of Tyrese Maxey uh, to the Rockets. Maybe uh, Dan will be happy about that. I have to ask him. <laughs> yeah, I haven't kept up with any sort of draft reports on the Spurs. I just know that I'm not sure if DeMar DeRozan is going to come back or not. And there's a chance CP3 might land in San Antonio, but there's also a chance anything outside of those two things could happen. So that that's all I've kept up with. I have not looked up at the at the draft for the Spurs, at least. So this one caught me off guard because I I, I think what we have seen of him uh, warranted higher than 45th overall, but Yudoka Azubuki from Kansas projected as a 45th in this particular mock draft. So one past Jamias Ramsey uh, going to the Orlando Magic, and then his college teammate. Devon Dotson is a few picks ahead of that. No, he is a few picks ahead of Devon Dotson. Well, not in this draft. I, I've, I've got several running through my mind, and I guess I'm mixing them up. Um, it's a great podcast. There it is. The Pacers. <laughs> 54th overall going to the Pacers. Uh, Emmanuel Quickly. Another guard from Kentucky that you saw in, in Lubbock going to the Thunder. Anyways. We'll know all of these answers tomorrow on Wednesday. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, we do have the first, uh, the first few game times set for the basketball schedule. We did, um, we did mention you've got three games in five days starting next week. Wednesday, you kick off the season versus the Northwestern State Demons, I believe. 6 p.m. ESPN Plus. Then Saturday, no, sorry, Friday, Sam Houston State, 1 p.m. on ESPNU. And Sunday in Fort Worth versus Houston, 4 p.m. on the main ESPN. Uh, a few yeah, days. I'm surprised to see tech on ESPN that early, but I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk between tech and that Houston team. You know, we mentioned Ken Palm earlier and you may have already said it, but Houston was ranked 21 on that same Ken Palm uh, rating. So this could be a really good game. And I think it's something that we've kind of been itching to see over the last couple of years, especially after the rumored scrimmage that took place a couple of years ago that was... Uh, supposed to be something that really helped both teams build. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the other two games we've got start times for would be December 3rd versus St. John's. Um, December 3rd, 8 p.m. on ESPN or ESPN 2. And then December 6th versus Grambling, 1 p.m. ESPNU. So, basketball season's here, man. You ready? It's here. And we're going to get to watch all of it. This is great. Yeah. Um, I mean, even with like, okay, so for me, ESPNU is going to have to be like a streaming service. The rest of them though, it's not like you have to, okay, which, which, uh, which streaming service do I have to sign up for, for this one game? Where do I, where do I find this one? No, it's, it's going to be on, on your main packages of, of, of your sports channels, um, ESPN two, um, all those things. So, the broadcast not bad for a yeah for a, your non-conference slate that's not too bad yeah you've got two games of your first five on espn 
It's pretty good. I'll take it. Any last shots? <laughs> oh, that's great. That's some good bas- that's basketball lingo right there. Everybody. Uh, no, no last shots, man. I, I think it's, we'll probably have a little bit more to say next week. And, um, you know, maybe we'll learn a, a little bit from that virtual online event on Wednesday. And I do believe the women's basketball is having their own virtual event Thursday. So um, Thursday, the 19th. Look for that as well. And I just wanted to throw that in. That's it. All right. You ready to talk about some football then? Oh, yeah. takes it at the 11. He's going to try to get to the right sideline, breaks the tackle. He's got running room at the 30, the 35-40. He's the midfield, the 45-40. He may go. 25, 10, touchdown, Red Raiders. Davis Webb, the freshman, screen. Underneath Derek Ward, breaks the tackle, still right up the sideline, turns on the juice, touchdown. So Harold in the shotgun. From the 28, the throw goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He plays. Oh, he's the worst. Red Raiders. Unbelievable. Touchdown. Red Raiders. Michael Crabtree has done it. Let the scoring begin. All right. So first up, I want to go back and touch on the Baylor game. From that, you had two Texas Tech Red Raiders Garner Big 12 Awards of Players of the Week Awards. Jonathan Garibay was the special teams player of the week, unsurprising, since he did everything for you. Um, you know, that doing everything is only on a temporary basis. So I think we fully expect um, McNamara to come back and take over punting once he's healthy. Uh, although kickoffs and or field goals are Garibay's to lose, I think. Yeah, and we finally settled the age-old debate upon which <laughs> yeah, nickname is best, and it's clearly the one that I came up with, and it's all day Garibay. Yeah. I, uh, there was a vote on Twitter. It's scientific. All the votes were legal. There's no way that you can dispute it. Other options included Thicker the Kicker. <laughs> so there were two problems with that one for me. Uh, I, I didn't want to be min- touching on this man's weight or <laughs> calling back the, the, the Texas kicker, Cameron Dicker. Um, then there were a couple of that, the, well, one, I, I guess I'm going to claim was Garrett boom. Cause it's yeah, not bad. His first kick, his first field goal went 48 yards. Um, and then, a, a, uh, a version of Garibay in terms of spelling Garibay B-A-E. Yeah. The only issue with that is it just, it only works written out. You can't really, you can't really emphasize the Bay meaning. So that's why all day Garibay is the best. Well, it's, it's the best. And to, to, to my point though, like anytime I'd be using that, I'd, it would be in written format. So, no, I, I, like I, I didn't really consider the restrictions there. Um, we no, do have a podcast. We do. We do. And <laughs> I didn't even consider it. Anyways, Jonathan Garibay, special teams, or Big 12 special teams player of the week. 
Colin Schooler, newcomer of the week after his 11 tackle, 10 solo tackle performance, including the tackle at the goal line, which went viral and was made into a meme. All well, and I'm just kind of curious before we get to that, what defines a newcomer to the big 12 folks? signing these awards i mean this is the seventh game of the year eighth game of the year that i think that, it's their text played and he's played in at least seven of them that i know of i you know it's not that it's their first game but it's their first season in the big 12 i guess okay first season okay all right because i when when merriweather got newcomer of the week in week one kind of oddly enough for almost the exact same type of play stuffing the ball at the you know on the one yard line Mm -hmm. of course it was on fourth down but uh you know that made sense to me because i thought oh yeah well this is his first first game plan but i guess it's your first season i don't know i don't know why i'm hung up on that but yeah i didn't get the i saw the tiktok i don't even understand (laughs) why it's a thing or what that's in reference to but i did enjoy it and you know not just not just uh, his play getting set to all sorts of stuff, but of course, Garibay, I think, got the the Celine Dion Titanic treatment at some point on his game winning field goal. And you know, there were a lot of there were a lot of little snippets making the the waves. And that, that doesn't hurt. You know, it also doesn't hurt when there are, you know, six teams not playing in the Big 12 the, the same week that all this happens so that the stuff that happens to your team gets gets to hog the spotlight and, you know, good on tech for being able to capitalize on that, have some really good plays, some, some fun highlights to show. And yeah, I don't, I still, I'm still trying to figure out why the TikTok thing works like it does, but it was interesting. It was good. God, I sound so old saying that, but that's how I feel. It's true. I am so old. Yeah, so I don't, in terms of, of, of being old, I, I don't know the meme that this was based off of, um, but it's it's timed up with the hit, obviously, on on uh, Charlie Brewer. And they, they do a couple of freeze frames when the lyrics in the song say, oh, no. So, so it's like when Brewer comes, like or when, when Schooler shoves the Titan out of the way uh, and then... Uh, first gets in Brewer's path. It does a freeze frame. It says, oh no. And then it says, oh no again, but it's a zoomed in frame. And then the third one, it's, it's really good. I'm trying to find it really quickly. And I'm, well, and didn't, it wasn't that made by Texas tech or did. Yeah. I believe it was. Okay. So, so, so some hip, some hip kids in the social media department at the university knew how to do all this. And, you know, I'm, I'm proud of them. I'm proud of them for, for having their ear to the ground and and knowing how to stay in touch with the youths. All right. I don't know if it'll work, but I'm, I'm going to try to play the, the audio from this video for you.
So you'll need to go check out the video. Our man Rob Rose got it up on kkaim.com. Uh, if you just search Colin, Colin Schooler TikTok uh, and look for any link that goes to KKAM. Bro wrote this on, I guess, Monday. Um, it's got the, the original uh, highlight video that the school released and then the TikTok version of it. So it's fantastic. I love it. Michael, not so thrilled. <laughs> He's not so well, I couldn't hear it. So I don't, I don't even remember what it sounded like. <laughs> oh, I didn't play for you. No, I couldn't hear it. I was oh. just over here in silence while well, we were grinning. Oh, it, it played on my end. I'm pretty sure the recording picked it up. If not, it's going to be 25 seconds of <laughs> just silence or just me because <sighs> I can't breathe. Um, so, yeah, I want to talk about four key plays in the game. And, and I know we probably touched on all four of these, uh, but I want to go into a little more detail and give some context of why, uh, why these four all together came uh, and helped elevate the Red Raiders of victory. Obviously this one, the Colin Schooler hit denied a touchdown. Coach Matt Wells came out and said this was a four, a four point tackle. Um, so it denied Baylor scoring a touchdown and instead forced them to settle for a field goal. Um, the other significant piece of this, uh, those are the last points that B- Baylor scored in the game. And that was in the third quarter mm-hmm. um, that, that obviously allowed Texas tech to go, and score 12 unanswered to take the lead and win there as time expired. Um, but had Schooler not stopped him before scoring, it would have changed the outlook of the fourth quarter tremendously. Um, the other thing is I went back and I listened to Schooler describe it, and he he was a lot more, he said he his use of the tight end was a lot more intentional than we first thought. Um, he well, said, you kind of guessed that it might've been, you kind of, you, you did guess on the instant reaction that you wondered if he was hiding, kind of hiding behind the tight end. And so it sounded like he was, but then he said, um, when it got down time to make a play, he said, I knew if I push the tight end in this one direction, it was going to force the ball carrier to go the other direction. So oh. basically he shoved the tight end straight up field Mm-hmm. which cut off Brewer and forced him to take another step outside. Cause if you watch the video, um, he actually collides with the tight end first bear. Like he, he bumps the tight end. Um, but that's because he's kind of redirected, you know, half a step to the side. And I think that little bit of interruption and momentum allowed Schooler to really stand his ground. Um, obviously when you, when the, you tackle somebody that's running, you know, at a pretty good clip towards just in any direction and you stop them in all their momentum. I mean, it's, it's pretty forceful, but I think he, uh, he said that he used the tight end who was kind of, he was lost cause he was, he was, he was running a route and trying to figure out where he needed to be to, um, to be open for, for the quarterback. Schooler saw Brewer running and said, okay, if he's running, I can use the tight end to block off the runner from going one way, force him a specific direction. And then he, he was there ready to make the tackle. So all that happened like that. Uh, very impressive that one, he, he could do all that on the fly and then make the tackle that he did. Yeah. And, and to have a tackle with such force that somehow, 
I mean, I'm sure it rocked Brewer. There's no doubt that it rocked Brewer, but it, it didn't look intentionally, you know, malicious. It didn't look like something that Brewer wasn't going to get up from or, you know, anything like that. It was just one of those, oh, kind of takes your breath away moments. I'm sure it took Brewer's breath away quite a bit, but a uh, heck of a play by Schooler for sure. And, you know, one of the big reasons that Wells is getting some, some pretty good marks on recruits and transfers and, and the way he's been able to, to handle getting some new players into the program. Yeah. So you mentioned, uh, Bergen and rocked and he was, you know, may have been affected. Um, this dude's tough. Uh, you saw him get, get hit really hard last year uh, by Texas Tech. I, I believe it was Eli Howard that like really rocked him late, late in the game too. Um, but this is something that Brewer's done throughout his career at Baylor. It's not just against Texas Tech. Is is he takes hits and, and gets back up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, he, he was hit by this, this tackle from, from Schooler. It wasn't dirty or malicious. It wasn't like targeting. It wasn't even borderline. I mean, as old, old school form tackles, you could be like Schooler had his head up in, in you know, face mask in, in Brewer's chest. Um, you saw him wrap around his, his, his hips or his butt. Like he, he, he lifted, um, and then dropped him. I mean, that there was a lot of force and there, there <laughs> like there may have been some whiplash on, on Brewer uh, just because like I said, the momentum moving forward and then schooler stopping him. But I mean, as, as old school form tackling as you can get like head up, eyes bright, <laughs> whatever, all those yeah. things I used to say, like he, he hit him. Um, another one uh, would be the McPherson interception. We did hear again. This is all going back. Uh, these are all kind of corroborated through post game interviews and and you know uh, Monday media availabilities. But they, they came back and said that um, that specific play that Baylor ran that McPherson got the interception on had been a one that they had game planned for specifically. They knew that that formation or that motion, that look from Baylor, usually warranted a throw to that receiver that Brewer threw towards. Um, when they saw that, McPherson said they were ready for it, um, which helped him be in position to make the interception. Yes, the ball was overthrown, but had they not been prepared for it, you know, he, he could have been somewhere else, a step or two off in the wrong direction. Um, that game planning helped put McPherson in position. And I think something that we touched on on the post game is that McPherson just seems to be right place, right time all the time. Um, yes. He, he has a sixth sense for where that ball is going to land, whether it's an interception or a blocked punt or a blocked anything. He's just kind of there. Yeah. Like, like w- when we looked back at that blocked field goal against Iowa state, Matt Wells said the the outside rushers responsibility is to get as deep as the kicker and turn and look for the ball. Well, that's exactly where McPherson picked up that block. Like he was right mm-hmm. there where he was supposed to be. Um, he also, Matt Wells, you know, a couple weeks later when McPherson had that scoop and score on defense, said he did exactly what he was supposed to do. He was in the right spot to do it. And then I, I, I heard that I, the majority of the Texas Tech defensive uh, turnovers um, that he's been responsible for, like most of them, or, you know, been involved in most of them, whether it was um, 
recovering the fumble or making the interception, whatever it is, he's been in on all of them or uh, sorry, most of them. Um, then we want to talk about the McPherson's pass breakup. Uh, this was on Baylor's last drive of the game. They were moving. They had the, you know, a little bit of momentum. They had crossed the 50. Uh, it was a third down and long. And had they converted, had Baylor converted the first down here, may have been able to run out the clock. Uh, they may have been, I mean, at the very least run off, you know, another three or four plays that would have really drained the clock for Texas Tech to, you know, reduce uh, their, their options if they're going to make a comeback. Um, but also on the play itself, when, you know, on third down, he's trailing the receiver across the field and he gets that one step in front of the receiver and uh, deflects it. The guy said that was a really uh, risky move. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. 
Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Because had he, not, had he missed the ball and the receiver caught it, like there was nobody behind him. Like he, he could have scored. Yes, if that was a better thrown ball, that probably would have been a touchdown or at least very close to it. Or had McPherson been like a step behind, but still try to make that, that same move and missed and whiffed it. on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like I said, that, that was on Baylor's last possession. Um, and obviously, like we just said, had he missed, Baylor could have at the very least extended the drive, if not scored there and kind of sealed the game. And then finally, um, I wanted to talk about Mr. Roger Thompson's catch and run there on, on Tech's last possession. Um, if you look at the drive chart, he's credited with a 30-yard reception. The ball was, was completed at or just past the line of scrimmage. He, Alan Bowman had taken the snap, and he had kind of rolled out uh, to the left a little bit, fielded some pressure, and I think checked down to Thompson, who was by himself, um, you know, towards the sideline. The Baylor defense closed quickly on where he was, but he was able to slip past them and get up the sideline, somehow stay in bounds. Um, but that long catch and run helped put Texas Tech in field goal position uh, so much sooner in that drive. Um, this is not a play like we saw that we, we talked about, like the deep passes to Azukanma or, or, or the attempts to Vasher. It wasn't like a big scoring play. But without that big 30-yard pickup on that last drive, maybe you don't have that same option to hand the ball off to Thompson where you did, you know, a few plays later on third down where he went down and slid. Um, you, you don't have the time, you don't have the, all those options that, that you did. So yeah, this play kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit just because everyone remembers the slide or the actual field goal itself. And, and this was huge, just monumental. Cause one, a lot of times those check down type plays don't work. They just yeah, don't, they don't work. They, they don't go anywhere. Yeah. And so for one of them to not only work, but to work at such a crucial time and get a 30 yard gain was just, they couldn't have worked out any better. Yeah. So th that brings me to the last little point I wanted to, to, to bring up. Um, and sorry if this is like just beating a dead horse here, but that play where Sir Roger Thompson did slide, I did put a poll on Twitter and I asked, you know, although it didn't, come back and haunt Texas Tech. Uh, and that I personally could understand the analytics of doing what he did, you know, to get the ball in the middle of the field, uh, slide, reduce, you know, make sure that Texas Tech had had all say in what time was left um, versus just scoring then. Um, I asked, you know, did you agree with the call to have Thompson slide? 67% said no. And I think it's because we are Texas tech fans are a little, I wouldn't say jaded, but <laughs> we're a little pessimistic. And it's like, if points are there, you got to take them. And I, I, I agree with that. I, I think, you know, I would want to see you be aggressive there and not say, we're going to take our chances with, we'll slide here and then make sure that another few plays happen just the way we need them to. 
versus there's a touchdown available. You go score it. Yeah, it it doesn't. I still don't agree with the decision to slide there. I think going for the touchdown makes more sense. There'd have been 37 seconds left. I think Baylor still would have been down by f- at least four, maybe five. So they would have had to have a touchdown. I think they had one timeout. So it just wasn't, it, it didn't make a ton of sense to me. I mean, obviously Garibay drilled it. It was, there was no doubt <laughs> that, you know, once it left his foot that he was going to do it, but there was definitely doubt in my mind. Cause the, the kid had obviously had a fantastic day, but it just was a lot to ask of him. And this was just even more, more to ask of him to, um, you know, basically score half of text points on the day in your first game. Yeah. And the, and, and, and hit the, the, the game winner with two seconds left. And, you know, let's, let's add this too and punt and, you know, everything else. So I, I was a little concerned, especially since he had drilled the left butt cheek of somebody on a PAT. So I, I, this, the short range one was a little bit worrisome for me, but it worked, it worked. And I can't complain about that, but man, I was one of the 67% that, that felt like he should have just gone for pay dirt, getting yeah, the end zone. For sure. Uh, and the, the other thing that, that when, when I brought it up and I said, I, you know, I didn't agree with it. I had a lot of people saying, well, well, think what would have happened had Sarge Thompson not scored on that long run versus Texas. And I was like, well, okay, here's, here's two things. Baylor ain't Texas and 35 seconds is not three and a half minutes. Yes. Um, I mean, that's all, that's all I can agree with on that. I mean, I get the point. I completely get the point because we saw that happen to us, but that was not, I, I don't think that had, that was anything to do with Sir Roderick. We would have flipped. We would have completely flipped out. I think if Sir Roderick hadn't scored on that. Yeah. I think there was a Browns player that did something like that. You know, just this, it was this, this weekend. Week. Yeah. He ran out, he ran out of the one, but I think it made more sense because they were closer to the end of the game and, um, you know, I forget who they were playing, but the opponent, I don't think had as many timeouts, obviously, because I think Texas still had all of theirs. Mm-hmm. So it, it just, yeah, I, I get that reasoning, but I, I don't agree with that either. He should have scored then and I'm glad he did. Our defense just should have made one stop. <laughs> yeah. Just one. I, like I said, I understand the reasoning. I'm glad it worked out. I didn't come back to Hannes. Um, it's just for me and my, my heart health score, score a touchdown if it's there. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and let your, your improving defense do what it's, what it's done all, all day because we mentioned the defense gave up only 17 points in this game or 16 or whatever it ended up being. Um, you know, you felt a little more confident had, you know, with Baylor scoring 23 points, needing a touchdown with only 30 seconds to go versus Texas who had scored 56 on you that game. So, all right. Um, roster injury updates. Texas tech did, um, release that there were, there are eight active coronavirus cases on or in the football program, the student athletes, um, I guess the other important thing to note is that they, they also listed 81 recoveries. 
So together, this marks 89 players on a 105-man roster that have or have had the virus, and you have not missed a game. Whereas other teams yes. have missed multiple games. So somehow, some way, you were able to, to spread it out among the team. Yes, the vast majority of your team got it, which I think was kind of almost expected. But it was it happened in such a way that you never really one, you never had to postpone or, or cancel or reschedule a game because of a certain position group. Yes, you've had players that have missed a couple of weeks and you're like, well, they weren't, uh, you know, injured. So they're probably sick. But you also haven't had like just a glaring like, oh man, like Bowman's hurt, Columbia's sick. What are we going to do? Like there hasn't been like I mean, a super impactful virus uh, unavailable player. Well, the closest was this last week with McNamara and Trey Wolf both out. Um, it, the the reason it didn't matter as much is because they'd already announced that Garibay was going to kick, and then all of a sudden McNamara is out too. So the special teams that was probably the closest Tech had seen. And then of course there were no backup quarterbacks this week. If if something had happened to Columbia or Bowman, but well, something. But yes. I was going to say something did happen to Columbia. I think that's when we saw uh, Bowman come back in and I, I, we didn't really possible rib injury or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was like his arm or elbow or something. He, he had a, a big wrap on it at one point. They were checking his, his elbow out on the sideline without the wrap. Uh, and I think that's when we saw uh, Bowman come back in and string a couple of possessions together. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, you didn't have, depth there you, you you couldn't sustain a lot of that kind of stuff but like i said overall you haven't really felt a glaring absence um you know vasher has been out for a couple of weeks and we, we kind of suspected he may have been sick but also throughout his career he's kind of been inconsistent uh there have been other players that have you know may have been sick but also had like a nagging injury that may have otherwise kept him out uh the kickers you mentioned Trey Wolf may have also already been injured, uh, but McNamara being out would have been big had Garibay on two days notice not had a 50-yard punt average. Um, sure, yeah. So I just want to point that out. 89 players to, on the team uh, of a possible 105 have or have had it. Like I said, Texas Tech has not missed a game. And it, it may have also been a product of the schedule. You know, like, you know, you may have had spikes and, uh, and exposures and, and, and positives in week leading up to like a bye week. So like you, you may have had, you know, it wasn't so much this week, but maybe of these eight players, you would have had a position group go down where you couldn't have played a game if it was on Saturday, but you're off this weekend. So you're good. Sure. And it's obviously unfortunate that this many young people have, have contracted COVID within a football program. Definitely not ideal. The one thing I will say that seems to be sort of positive is that they have done well enough to manage the situation. It seems like to continue to play as in they are isolating smartly. They're doing, they're isolating in a certain way to where there isn't a complete position group out or there isn't uh, you know, something like that that's happened yet 
to where the tech has to cancel or forfeit a game. Well, not forfeit, but cancel yeah. a game. Um, you know, kudos to them for getting to that, but it's it's still just not great to see these numbers. Nothing great about that, but but like you said, the the good news is tech has been able to play most of their games and hopefully these guys all bounce back and never have an issue from it. Yeah, for sure. The other uh, only other injury update I wanted to give, although it's not really an update, uh, there's no update, but Keyshawn Carter went down in that final drive and it looked like, you know, he landed on his shoulder, uh, the weight of the defender, like it all seemed to, to time up where like when he hit the ground and the defender landed on top of him, all happened simultaneously. So it could be a shoulder or collarbone issue. Um, it didn't look good. It looked like it was really painful. Uh, he was on the ground for a while. Uh, like I said, we haven't heard an update from him on him, but with three weeks and two games left, uh, we may have seen the last of Keyshawn Carter for the 2020 season. Yes. And I mean, the bye week, that's the only hope there's a chance. Maybe if it was something that was quote tweaked or something like that, maybe he could rehab it over a couple weeks and come back. But man, there's, that may have been it. And he's, he's been an excellent weapon this season, even though it took tech forever to get the ball to him this, this past game. But once they finally did, it was, uh, you know, one of the big changing moments of the game. All right. Before we look at the, at the, the rest of the big 12 football, uh, wanted guys let you know that support for 23 personal podcast, uh, comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And we've also talked about they have items not just for, for below-the-belt, but the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer as well. Um, it's time, guys, it's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Um... Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin safe technology. So the trimmer cuts only what it's supposed to cut. <laughs> Hair, not skin. It's also waterproof. You can use it in the shower. Um, lawnmower comes in the brand new Perfect pack Package 3.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. Literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. Don't use the same trim on your face as you do on your balls. That's nasty. The 3.0 package includes the crop preserver, the deodorant, and moisturizer. Um, all good things to keep you fresh. <laughs> Michael, the look on your face. It's great. Yeah, I'm just I'm just watching it all unfold live. I can tell you're a big fan, big fan. Of uh, course, love Manscaped. Yeah, get twenty percent twenty percent off plus free shipping with code armchair at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get twenty percent off and free shipping. Shipping, shipping, twenty percent off and free shipping with code armchair at manscaped.com. Twenty percent off with free shipping. Use code code armchair. Wow, I cannot speak today. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Speaking of nuts, this this wait is finally over. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. 
Bet Online's going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today. Use promo code Armchair. That's A R M C H A I R to take advantages of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, I want to take a quick look, quick peek at the AP Top Twenty Five. Um, if you're familiar with the Top Twenty Five teams, one through eight, the same as they were last week: Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson, A and M, Florida, Cincinnati, BYU. No movement whatsoever. Indiana moved up to number nine. Yeah, they did. They have a big, big, uh, big game this weekend with Ohio State. Yes, and they are they're like twenty point dogs, which is crazy. But I think I, I did see that this is their first ever top ten matchup against the Buckeyes. Yeah, it's going to be pretty good. Well, maybe, hopefully, <laughs> Wisconsin. Go Hoosiers. Yeah, go Hoosiers. Wisconsin checks in number ten. Oregon. Um, our Coastal Carolina Chanticleers still hanging tough at 15. Like, it Proud just felt like there was dope, baby. so few games. There's a lot of teams just holding pat this week. Um, Marshall Thundering Herd. Oh, there's a tie. <laughs> Check that. I, I didn't even notice that. They're both listed at 15. Coastal Carolina and Marshall. They both had 557 points. Uh, so there's no number 16 team according to the AP Top 25. Two fifteens, then a seventeen. Um, Liberty, keep on trucking. Twenty-one in the in the country, ahead of who? Who's twenty-two? The Texas Longhorns. That's just great. Uh, you, you love to see it. Liberty is ahead of the Longhorns. Go. Hugh. I mean, they're 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 both ahead of Tech, but whatever. Y'all know what I mean. Yeah. Go Hugh Freeze, uh, and the Raging Cajuns at twenty-four. Still in there, seven and one. That one loss, man, that really, really knocked him back a peg. It's a shame. All right, so checking out the others receiving votes, there's a team down there that I would not have expected to see. Who you got? Who you got? Which one? Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo is receiving votes. One. I haven't kept up a thing with Buffalo, so no, I, I, no I know idea. that they are usually the team that Baylor chooses to to curb stomp at some point so how are they receiving votes well they got one 25th place vote well i mean that's that's pretty good i, I did want to point out that alabama of course is the overwhelming number one pick but notre dame has 1467 points and ohio state at three has 1445 so those two are really close people are dying to leapfrog Notre Dame. And so that's what's going to happen because this Indiana team is ranked nine in the country four and oh, and if they lose to Ohio state, Ohio state's probably going to be the number two team next week. I, I don't even think at four and oh, I don't even think Notre Dame has to lose for Ohio state to jump them. No, I don't think so either. I, I don't think it matters what Notre Dame does. If Ohio state wins, the votes were this close already. They're going to look and go, oh, well, you know, they beat a top 10 team. They're, they're better than Notre Dame. They're just looking for it. The, the, I've got truthers. I've got uh, Buckeye Anon out there trying to figure this out. Yeah. It's just going to, there's just no way that Ohio State does not 
make this playoff and they're going to shoot them up as, as high as they possibly can, as quick as they can. I still can't believe Texas A&M is number five in the country. What the hell's going on? I don't even know. Does that make any sense? Not to me. Of course, I watched zero Texas A&M football this year. So, yeah, yeah, I, I don't watch any of that, but couldn't care yeah. less. Bizarre. Except, I, I mean, it's it's interesting to watch them prepay their coach seventy five million dollars, regardless of what he does. So, good luck with that. Um, yeah, they'll be fine. Yeah, I'm sure it's not going to haunt them at all. Uh we mentioned earlier that there were only two games last week in the big 12, uh, obviously Texas tech defeating Baylor and West Virginia took down TCU 24 to six. Again, TCU just looks like such a strange team this year. Um, you know, defeating Texas, defeating Texas tech, then going on the road and losing by 18 points in Morgantown. Yeah. And managing six points on the scoreboard, just brutal. Naturally, couldn't be bothered to do that uh, against Tech, but <laughs> yeah, a couple weeks know, ago, luckily they they managed to lay a huge egg in Morgantown for the for the Neil Browners over there. Yeah, the other thing I I I, I saw um, Baylor's last three games coming up versus Kansas State, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. They have a real shot at going one and eight this year. Ooh. Do you remember how many games I won last year? Uh, no, I don't know. Do you know? They were second in the big, big 12. They finished the year 11 and three, eight and one in the big 12. They could have right. The worst or the biggest single season change in wins and win percentage if they're not able to pull off an upset over the last three weeks, because they will not be favored in any of these games. Be heavy yeah. underdogs. I mean, the only three. one they should have been favored in was, yeah, was week one. Gosh, that's, I just, I was so wrong about them. I was so wrong about them. I just really thought, I didn't think they'd have 11 wins, but I thought, you know, they'd win six or seven in a 10 game season. You know, it just didn't seem crazy to me. I, didn't think it would be such a drop off, but I, I don't mind it. I'm yeah, I completely mean, fine with, with Baylor going one and eight or however many games they end up playing. Yeah. They had the perfect storm of everything going wrong for them. Like, um, you know, with, with, with COVID not having a preseason on a year where you have a new coaching staff installing new systems, uh, you had some very significant injuries and players opting out, uh, you had a very large portion of the team that was a, an 11 win team last year, graduated and moved on, went to the NFL, whatever you want to say. Like all these things, perfect storm come together where you go 11 and three in 2019 and possibly one and eight in 2020. Oof. Hate to see it. Hate to see it. This weekend, Texas travels to Lawrence to take on Kansas. They've never had problems up there, right? Uh, it'll be fine. Kansas State travels to Iowa State in Farmageddon. It's one of my favorite games. Not really. It's, it's my favorite named game. That doesn't really have a name. And then Bedlam, Oklahoma State in Norman to take on Oklahoma. 
that is for whatever reason one of my favorite Big 12 games is Oklahoma State and Oklahoma because I just don't really have any stake in it. I don't care. I don't root for either team. It's just I know it means so much to so many people and I'm, I'm somewhat adjacent to it, so it's it's very interesting to me. And it feels like um as competitive as Oklahoma State has been the past, you know, decade plus that this game has always had some kind of implication on the Big 12 title too. Uh, whether it's, you know, taking Oklahoma out of it uh, if Oklahoma State were to win or to propel Oklahoma State into that conversation. I think this year Oklahoma State is more in the in the driver's seat in that they are, are competing for the title much more so than Oklahoma. Um, but, yeah, this game... Depends on this game, though. Yeah, it, it <laughs> I mean, this, always seems to come is, down to this game. Yep, you're, you're dead on, man. And I always I enjoy how it's one of the last games of the season. Um, always a big animated game, whether it's in Norman or uh, Stillwater. It does seem like some of the more crazy wild games happen in Stillwater. Um, I just, I think crazy wild things happen in Stillwater, just period. End of sentence. Yeah. I don't know if, if you remember, this is, I mean, in 2008, when everybody was, all Texas Tech fans were Oklahoma State fans that night. This was the game. This was the day of the the Baylor game. So you had played Baylor early on in the afternoon. You you had beat them, and then Bedlam was that night. And you're like, okay, if Oklahoma State wins, it's going to knock Oklahoma out of the three way tie with Texas Tech, Texas, uh, and Oklahoma. It would put you in Texas tied for first place in the Big Twelve. You had the or Big Twelve South. You had the the tiebreaker. So Oklahoma State wins. That game, you win the Big 12 South and are playing in the conference championship game. But, um, oh, what was his name? Zach, the quarterback they had. It was really, really good. Uh, Zach, I don't remember. I, I'm lost. <laughs> but he and uh, Des Bryant and uh, all them, they fell short uh, at home versus Sam Bradford and Jermaine Gresham and Joaquin Glacius, they they just had a stacked team that year. Had had a wild like eighty yard touchdown pass to the tight end where it ricocheted off like three guys' hands, and the tight end caught it like, but he was behind everybody by the time the ball came to him. Um, anyways, wild game that year. This this year, uh, looking forward to see you know if Oklahoma State's able to hold it out and get into the Big Twelve title game. So that game is six thirty Saturday night on ABC. It's on the it's on the big show, the big show. Uh, somehow Kansas and Texas uh, still managed to be on ESPN two. I don't I didn't think Texas had that many people still following them right now because they're not they're not competing for anything. Kansas State Iowa State on Fox at three. So, uh. I guess I only have one thing left I want to talk about tonight. Uh, it's kind of a, a, a combination of questions and what we learned. Michael, you ready to do those things? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Now, are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy. Damn it. Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, so, question. And I... 
I want to pose this the other way around. I, I actually asked a question today uh, to Michael and, and to Rob, but also on Twitter and asked for you all to, to chime in. Uh, and this happened to me last night, but I want to know, have, there, have you ever watched a movie based on hype, recommendations, whatever, but left like feeling, what the heck did I just watch? I know. I, yeah, that was a, that's a great question. And what's, what's funny is I immediately said, you know, I think I'm usually the one recommending those movies that people come back to me and go, what, what was that? Why, why did you think I would like that? Oh, I don't know. I just, it's good. I enjoyed it. And what was funny is I told you that. And then I asked my wife this question before we recorded and she said the exact same thing. She's like, well, it's probably a movie that you recommended. (laughs) And I was like, "Ah." Well, yeah, <laughs> probably. I don't have a great track record for gauging what other people will or won't like, apparently. All right. So let me just say the, the movie that I'm going to I'm going to put forward into this category. Uh, it was on last night. I I'd fed uh, my son because I, I used to take the overnight watch. And he wasn't going back to sleep. And I was like, well, it's. Okay, I'll just stay awake with him because there's not much you can do. It's like three o'clock, the TV's on, and the big Lebowski comes on. I was like, oh, you know what? I've never seen this. And I, I, I've heard, they're just like, there's so many people that are like, just real big fans of it. There are gifts everywhere from scenes in this movie. I'd never understood any of them because I didn't I know the context of the reference. I watched the movie and I was like, I'm... I don't get it. <laughs> I don't, I mean, it wasn't like the storyline. I was like, I just, I don't get why there's so many people that are so in love with it or they were so strongly like, like the, the recommendations and the fan fanhood fandom uh, were so intense. It just did not match my, my experience watching it this morning. I'm just shattered by this. This doesn't make any sense. Did you like any, have you seen any other Coen brothers movies uh, like Oh Brother Where Art Thou or No Country for Old Men? I was a big um, fan of True of, Grit. Of uh, no, no Country for Old Men. Okay. Okay. All right. So I don't, yeah, that is a different, I mean, it's, it's the same directors, but it's a different style. It's obviously a different style. I, do you ever see Fargo? No. Raising Arizona? Nope. Okay. Yeah. I, if, without a frame of reference like that, that jumping into Big Lebowski may, may be kind of weird, but it's one of my favorites. I do enjoy quite a bit. I haven't seen it in a long time. And <laughs> after your, after your uh, dissertation on it, it, it really makes me want to go watch it again. I have the DVD in the <laughs> under a bed somewhere. Um, I mean, you, you, you'll just have to tell me what, what the allure is to that movie. I, I mean, maybe I just missed dude? it. Well, I, I know the dude, but like the dude is the allure. That's he, pretty much it. The dude. And then, um, he was a really forget, frustrating character to try to follow. Well, that's what's so crazy. That's what's so interesting about it. And just the story, how the Coen brothers stories always evolve into something insane. It's just normal people thrown into insane situations at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, I think the aspect of how he talked and how he acted and everything, people really latched onto that with Jeff Bridges. Uh, John Goodman's character, too, was great. 
Okay. So like, so some of the, the, the gifts and memes, like, I guess I was referencing one was when Goodman is like racking the slide of his gun, the bowling alley. <laughs> uh, when he was talking to that guy, cause I, he was trying to call foul on one of his, his roles. Don't cross the line or something. <laughs> he pulled out a gun. Like, all right, dude. Um, <laughs> and then this other, like, I, I didn't get it like, like immediately following it. But like a few minutes later when they, it, it came back and referenced it, I understood it more when the dude, when, when he goes to the doctor and like immediately like he's leaving and he's like hitting the, the roof of his car that, that gif is played a lot. Uh, the other, <laughs> the doctor is thorough, Michael. He's thorough. Um, if you know what that means. Yes, 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 I do. The, <laughs> The other thing, did did you watch this on cable? No, no, it was on a movie channel. So okay, it, was it was uninterrupted. On a channel. So I wanted to know what your thoughts were about when they approach the the kid. They go to some kid's house. I haven't seen this movie in years. <laughs> and there's that. See, look at you laughing. There's that bright red uh, Corvette outside. And they're like, man, this, this is little, what happens. This, this is what happens when you blank a stranger in the ass. <laughs> this is what and he's screaming it and he's bashing out the car with this tire iron and then the and neighbor comes out that I guess was the owner and like did it to the dude's car. It was always, it was just a piece. Yeah, he doesn't care. <laughs> okay. See, so, so, okay. See, hold on, look, hold on. Look at you. Look it, at you it, having a great time here. It reminded me like the scene after that where they're driving, having gone in and out. Cause, uh, Steve Buscemi's character, the, the scene before all that, he's like, you know, it, it's right out there by, by, by in and out. <laughs> and and John goes like, "Will you shut up about In and Out? Yeah, we'll go, but like that's not what we're doing." <laughs> but they're driving, and this is after the the windshield's been blasted out, and there's like they're driving, eating burgers with ha- like you know wind in their hair because there's no <laughs> there's no windshield. And uh, how, how, what about the ashes? What about they're at the <laughs> he's. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay, that would cracked me up afterwards. <laughs> Just because the the awkward way that it's Walter. Walter's his name. I finally remembered. The awkward way that Walter said something very moving about Donnie and then they had the Folgers can and threw it he like into the wind directly on the to the dude's face. <laughs> he doesn't say anything. And then Walter turns around and is like, Oh my bad. <laughs> And the dude's like, what are you talking about Vietnam for? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, okay. So there are some, some humorous parts, but. See, there you go. There you go. The know, rug man. really tied the room together. He needed his credence tapes. He hates the Eagles. I mean, there's, he, there's a lot of good stuff. I did not get that. Drinks that, white Russians. Yeah. I did not get the, the Eagles thing. Cause like he got, <laughs> He got picked up in a he cab. Just he doesn't like him. I don't think he, there's anything to get. That's just it. He told the guy to turn it off and the cabbie like kicks him, like throws him out of his cab on the side of the road. Anyways. So for me, it was the big Lebowski. It, it, it may take another watch or two to like, okay, I, I can understand it a little bit more. There you go. What there about you? you? I had, a, I had a few, um, a recent one was tiger King. I just kept hearing, oh, man, this is so crazy. You got to watch it. It's so crazy. And I watched it and I just felt sad and depressed. And everyone in there is awful and predatory and manipulative and 
all sorts of other things. So predator is a just, good a, a good term for for the character. So I, I I watched probably the first. I wasn't even trying to be be make a pun there. That was well, no, just, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm I'm talking about like, um, obviously Joe Exotic, but, but Carol, um, but also that other guy, the, the doctor. Like he he's the real creeper, you know. At least in the, the the first few episodes where he's got these these girls that come live with him on his zoo. Oh yeah yeah yeah. It's basically oh concubine. Yes, that guy. Well, and and then the guy at the end that basically um bought out Joe Exotic or forced him out or you know that guy. I mean, there was just no redeemable. There were very few redeemable characters on the show, um, and and it just was. It was just like, um, I think I even said this before about it, but to quote Super Troopers, the, none of the shenanigans were cheeky and fun. They were all cruel and tragic, and I just didn't want – it was just not that good. Um, another one in college, especially for me because I'm a little older, Scarface was huge. Everyone had that stupid poster. <laughs> Val Pacino and, with, the, with the gun? Yeah, yeah. And – or it was either that or him – I forget what the poster is. It doesn't matter, but there were a few of them and uh, that, you know, buddies in college were really into it. Like, okay. And I think I, I think I sat and watched it once and I don't even remember if I finished it. It was really long and just Pacino is just overacting his tail off that it's just distracting and, he's not Cuban. <laughs> no, it's also distracting. So I couldn't get into it. I'm sure that, you know, that's not a hot take for someone in their late thirties to have, you know? Um, but in your early twenties, it kind of was where you're like, Oh no. Oh no, man, this, this movie's awesome. We got to watch it. No, that's fine. No, go ahead. The other thing, I'm sorry, this might hit a little close to home, but Ozark, Ozark's just kind of okay. It's just okay. I've had so many people on Twitter and other people. Oh, it's just, just great. It's fantastic. It's it's fine. It's it's a decent show. And I know you're asking for movies, but those are the three that came up. Oh yeah, you you just put the posters in our Google Doc. Yeah, but it's, I knew it was like a black and white one. So, so uh, there, there there is one where he's holding the gun, but I I think the one you're talking about is where he's like almost in like um like in a negative. Yes. Anyways, so his suit's There's, white. They were just a few. Black. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Men of a certain age in the early 2000s had posters like that all over <laughs> their houses, and I just, I just couldn't get into it. I'd rather watch Pure Country or Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> Speaking of, I think Smokey and the Bandit came on after Big Lebowski last night. Oh my God! What a back-to-back run. I've got both. I've got that on DVD too, man. Let's just, let's just fire them up. So I, I, I've seen parts of Scarface once and it was the same thing. I was like, I don't, and like, it was probably out of context, but it was like, I, I know of some references, but they were like, they're very specific moments in the movie. Uh, they're, they're, they're towards the end, but like leading up to you, like, I don't get it. I don't, yeah. I, 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 don't, it, I don't understand the following. I, I didn't get it either. I guess it's because. I mean, I mean, there's, there's movies and shows I like that are very violent and that are about guys that are irredeemable that you, that you don't necessarily are, you're not supposed to root for. And Scarface is obviously one of those, but man, I just, 
it just seemed so over the top and ugh, cliched. Okay. Um, we had, we had a few su- suggestions or submissions. Rob said the Irishman. I have yet to see that. Me neither. That I doesn't couldn't. surprise. Yeah. Every, every single time. I, I mean, I sit down just the other night I was looking at it. That, that sucker's about three and a half hours long, my friend. I was just thinking like, ah, I may start this. And I know that Scorsese made a big deal about cinema and everything when it came out. And I thought, you know, maybe just to be spiteful and a jerk, I'm going to, I'm going to watch this in like six sittings on my <laughs> Chromebook, <laughs> just the way Scorsese intended, just on like a 10 inch Chromebook randomly between my lunch break over a couple of weeks turn just knock this one out but yeah it, that doesn't surprise me too much um so jonathan at john 1443 said mad max fury road completely disagree with that that is still the only one of like two or three movies i've seen that if i could have i would have immediately turned right back around and watched it again <laughs> in the theater i just would have gone right back in but okay. um yeah that that movie is nuts it's intense i totally get why someone wouldn't like it but man it i love movies about cars even if the cars are you know kind of tangential to the story or if they're the like in this one where they're almost like a main character so that's fun post apocalyptic kind of stuff is is interesting to me the acting was good the scenery was just phenomenal. I, I don't know. It, it was a wild movie. Did you ever see it? So I, I, I've seen, like I said, part or like when, when I was talking about Scarface, I've seen parts of the original with Mel Gibson. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, but, I, but not, not, not the, the new one. Warrior. Yeah. Um, so I, I was doing a, a quick Google search to look up like when it came out and, uh, and look at the post or whatever. The Google suggested, like, people also ask, why was Mad Max Fury Road so good? <laughs> More people wonder, like, why, why do people like this? Uh, and the other one, trigger warning for some people, uh, Chris Carpenter says, I've always thought The Princess Bride was extremely overrated. I've, I kind of felt that the first couple times, admittedly, the first couple times I watched it, but it has since completely grown on me. And I think a lot of it has to do with how much I appreciate Andre the Giant, just as a human. <laughs> it's a very large human. Yes. I, I really think that that has a lot to do with it. And Columbo reading a bedtime story to Kevin Arnold is just, that's just kind of a fun image to have. But nah, I don't think it's overrated. It's it's just silly and, and fun. And Billy Crystal's in it. I, I mean, it's... It's it's good. It's good for what it is. Well, what is it? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Kind of kind of a kids movie, but but not. A kids, it's weird. A kids movie that adults can enjoy. You know, kind of one of maybe not one of the first ones, but something kind of like. Uh, I mean, I would say Goonies is close to that. Is a kids movie that adults can probably enjoy. Um, I'd say. Back to the Future was probably close to that too. I bet it was marketed a little bit more towards adults, but it was it's probably ultimately a kids movie. Anyway, I'm going to stop there. But yeah, it's pretty good. What do you think? 
Uh, I, I've seen parts of it and just not, I've never been a fan. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, Carrie Elwes or Ewells. I don't know how to pronounce the name. I'm, I don't like it. I don't either. <laughs> I don't even know how to spell it. <laughs> yeah. It would help if I could spell it. I could actually maybe try to pronounce it, but, um, and like the Enigma Montoya line is like, it's just, it's over. It's just overdone. Well, sure. Yeah. The whole movie's overdone. I mean, also, I mean, again, Please don't, don't, don't like hate me, but like, oh, I'm going to like the money Python stuff. I don't get it. I mean, it, it's, it's a different form of humor that I just, it's not, it's not for me, but like the tis, but a flesh wound scene. Oh yeah. Some they, of the stuff drags a little bit. They, it drags on. They, they take that a joke up. that's pretty funny. And then sometimes they'll go like an extra five minutes iteration of it. You're like, <laughs> okay guys, <laughs> too far, too far. Um, yeah, so that'll do it for us. I, I don't really have anything else, uh, tied to like, what do we learn outside of you? You just can't always, um, trust a movie recommendation or movie hype for you to go watch a movie and enjoy it or even understand it. So Michael, do, do you have any, any final words before we, we, we cut this one off and get ready for basketball season next week? It's crazy to say that. No, I mean, I don't have anything except for if you want to watch the first game of Texas Tech's basketball season and you don't have ESPN Plus, I bet you could sign, excuse me, sign up for some sort of free month if you didn't already burn that free month to watch Tech's first football game. So anyway, figure out how to get ESPN Plus between now and Wednesday the 25th. All right, for Michael... I'm Spencer. That'll do it for us this week on the 23 Personal Podcast. We will catch you next week to get ready for the Oklahoma State football game and three basketball games. We'll catch you later. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.